When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog And we are back. Welcome to the Godcast. I am your host, God, the Lord Almighty, King of the Universe, joined as always by my lovely friend and sidekick, Joan of Arc. Hello, Ms. Arc. Hi. Nice to see you. You too, God. Joan, if I may say, you are on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> you always say that, and it's always funny and always true. Yes, it, it, it is. Well, you're a martyr. I am so flammable. You still recovering from last week? Whew, what a party. Yes, this is, of course, our million and first episode, because last week was our millionth episode. We mm-hmm. had... I don't have to tell all of you. I'm sure you all listened to our eight-hour Godstravaganza full of some incredible celebrities and stars. Whew. Truly amazing. Yeah. Let me start this show by thanking some of the living and dead who stopped by last week. Adam, Eve, Noah, Reese Witherspoon, Abraham, the Black Crows, Isaac, Christopher Columbus, Odell Beckham Jr., Jacob, Neil Patrick Harris, Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson Brown, Andrew Jackson, Jackson Pollock, and Haley Joel Osment. And Blaise Pascal, Renee Descartes, Renee Russo, Kristen Stewart, Queen Victoria, Lot's wife, world's tallest man, Robert Wadlow, Mohammed, rare public appearance from Mohammed, nice to see him. Mm-hmm. Buddy Holly, Jimi Hendrix, Lemmy from Motorhead, L. Ron Hubbard, Ron Howard, Howard Dean, Dean Martin, Martin Luther King, Sour Shoes, King Solomon, and Salman Rushdie. And Clarence Birdseye, the frozen food pioneer, Louise Brown, the first test tube baby, La Pito Man, the French flatulist, Florence Nightingale, Susan Lucci, Stanley Tucci, Kate McCucci, Danny Bonaducci, Grandmaster Mel, and the Furious Four. You know why you weren't invited, Kid Creole. All the dead kids from the Children's Crusade, Popes Leo III through the 10th, excluding the 6th, former Vice President Walter Mondale, Lady Godiva, a bit underdressed as usual, William the Conqueror, Peter the Great, Vlad the Impaler, Billy the Kid, Chance the Rapper, Toad the Wet Sprocket, David Dobrik, the Slow Mo Guys, Grumpy Cat, Freddie Mercury, Venus Williams, Bruno Mars, Tom Hanks, and last but not least, my son and producer, Jesus Christ. And Andy Dick. And thousands more. Nice turnout. It was good. It was good. It was good. I was pleased. I was pleased. How about you, Jesus? You enjoy the party? My son is waving from the control booth. Look at him. How does he he do it, Joe? He's a remarkable kid. He is, obviously, people listening can't see this. He is simultaneously waving to me and smiling and dying for everyone since. And running the control booth. And running the control booth. He He is a multitasker. That son of mine. I, I love you, boy. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Good work, Jesus. Oh, that face of his is so cute. So cute. I'm still getting used to the clean-shaven thing, but it's good. 
All right, let's start as always by discussing what is in the news with uh, What's the Buzz? What's the Buzz? Tell me what's happening. That, of course, is a little clip from Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm hmm. A uh, couple things to talk about. First of all, uh, the more immediate thing, I have a new guest up in uh, Casa de God, up in heaven. It's Larry King. Larry King passed away, and he is up in heaven. He's 87 years old, and he will not stop asking questions. Huh. Do you enjoy being God? What's a typical day like for you? Do you hang out with Buddha? Who do you like in the Super Bowl? It, just, it, never, it never stops. Yeah, never he stops. is always working. He's always on. I mean, he was always on, but he's still always on. No, he's still always on. Now he's always on, but dead, but on. Right. And he's already, also, he already in heaven married and divorced Judy Garland. Oh, I, I could see that. But I could, I could also not see that. You can see it happening and you can immediately see it stop happening. And that's exactly yeah, what happened. That's what I meant. And that's a pattern yeah. for him that will continue, I think, into the next infinite number of years. Right. Uh, and then the other piece of news is uh, from the, uh, from the uh, what's that, what's that uh, country that demands my attention unceasingly like a narcissistic kind of psychopath that oh, like will the never leave country? me alone? Like the you neediest country? like the United States of America? Yes, that's the one. Yes, that's the one. United States. Yes, thank you very much, Joan. Mm-hmm. They have a new president. Right. His name is uh, Joseph R. Biden Jr. He is 123 years old, and he is the new president of the United States. And uh, I watched the inauguration ceremony, of course. I watch everything in the entire universe. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded once again, watching the inauguration, of what a wonderful country America is. Because right there in the Constitution, its central document, in the First Amendment, not even the second, which is about guns, which are very important. That's why they're all over the Bible. But in the First Amendment, it guarantees the separation of church and state. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Separate church and state. And when you watched the ceremony, you really, really took in the, the secularism of this country. Jesus, could you roll that first clip? Gracious and merciful God as a nation under God. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. One nation under God. So help me God. So help me God. So help you God. So help me God. And then uh, when the president talked and he gave his inaugural address, again, this theme of let's not get God involved completely continued real quick. We come together as one nation under God before God and all of you. I give you my word. May God bless America and may God protect our troops. It was really great. It was really great to feel like this is a country that has grown up enough to not need me to be there to hold its hand all the time. Even the uh, the musical entertainment really completely kept to that theme. Roll clip, Jesus. God God's praise. And uh, that's pretty much it, except for the other clip that we haven't played yet, roll clip. God, we gather under the beauty of your holiness. As such, teach us, O God. In you, O God, we discover our humanity. I just want to point out, if you were going to the inauguration of the new prime minister in, let's say, the Netherlands, you know, Mm -hmm. Spain, Sweden... It's it's a little different. I'm not as called upon. You know what I'm saying? I'm you not- are beloved, I think, is what I took away from well, that. 
I'm anyway. I'm beliked. I'm beliked. I I I I don't know about beloved, but I'm certainly. They seem to belike me a lot, and I and I appreciate that. And that was my main takeaway from the uh, ceremony. Other than, that of course, was your Ama- main takeaway. Well, also Amanda Gorman. I thought Amanda Gorman, the thank uh, you, the youth poet yeah, laureate, amen. was. Amen. She, she she was terrific. She was fierce. Yeah, yeah, she was very fire. Fierce. Uh, I guess J Lo was was there. That was good. Nice to see mm-hmm. her back doing what she does best, which is nothing particularly well. And I guess. That's the end of the administration of the last guy. And I think we all remember the last guy. And I think we all remember the last four years, Joan, that you and I have spent in this studio here at uh, Heaven's Recording Headquarters yeah. talking about him nonstop. It's oh. been it's been every every podcast we've done for the last four years. And listeners, please go go back and look this up and confirm this because you'll see mm-hmm. every podcast for the last four years has been dominated by talk of Donald Trump. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad it's uh, over. I almost, during episode 980,467, I think it was, I almost left. And it's my fault because, and I talked to you about this before the show, and I don't mind talking about it publicly because I'm not ashamed to admit this. Because you're brave, God, because you're brave. Please, thank you. I, I have mental health issues. I spent the last four years off my meds. I think we've all seen what happened. That was on me. I take responsibility for that. I'm back on the meds and I think things are going to go better, at least in some regards for, for a long, long time now. Obviously the climate is still going to kill you all, but I do think that politically things might be a little better, but going back again to the topic of the last four years and what it's done to the world in general and the U S in particular, I need to make an official declaration that I am through with blessing America. People always ask me to bless America. I'm done with blessing America. Uh, I mean that, and I mean it so much that, Joan, if you don't mind, with your permission, or to be honest, even without your permission, I would like to express that in song with a resonant tenor voice and a large band. Is that okay? I think we would all love to hear that. Great. Bless America Words that you love You repeat them And treat them Like decrees to appease from above But I'm not one To be bullied Like you bully Everyone Time for our next segment. Everyone knows the Bible is 100% accurate, especially when thrown at close range. Nevertheless, there are a few passages in the Old and New Testaments that call for more nuanced interpretation. Luckily, I know someone who's eager to clarify them for you, and that someone knows me. This is Bible study. Bible study. Talking Bible, Joan. <laughs> I love Talking this Bible. Part. 
I love this part. I love the Bible. I love it. It's the good book. And you know what? It's a good book. Really, really is. It's a great book. I pick it up anywhere. I read about three or four pages. I think to myself, I did I did good. Like, I know what I'm doing. And then I put it down. And the sales speak for themselves, of course. The Bible and the Quran are the best-selling books mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah. Not to mention the Book of Mormon, which is the best-selling novelization of a comic strip <sighs> of all time. So I'm not bad when it comes to uh, writing the old bestsellers. Nevertheless, there is some controversy in these books, and... The best example of that is this verse we're about to hear, the single most controversial verse and misunderstood verse in the entire Bible. Joan of Arc, let us have it. Okay. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. You shalt not lie with a man as with a woman. It is an abomination. Now, there's no question. You read those lines, you shall not lie with a man as with a woman. It is an abomination. That is a pretty stark condemnation of homosexuality that lets my position be pretty clear, except this line, in fact, has nothing to do with sexuality. And the problem here has to do with a slight but very important error in the translation from Hebrew to English. It's not supposed to be, you shall not lie with a man as with a woman. It's supposed to be, you shalt not lie to a man as to a woman. It is an abomination. Oh. Right. You see, Joan? Yeah. Oh. You You shouldn't lie to a man as to a woman. It's an abomination. Don't bullshit a guy like you bullshit a chick. It's a bad idea. That's, that's, That's the gist of the verse. This is a piece of advice. This has nothing to do with morality. This has to do with common sense. Mm -hmm. When you lie to a man, you can just straight up lie. You know, you can just say, uh, hey, Bill. Oh, yeah, the check's in the mail. Don't worry about it. Right. The check's not in the mail. It, do- it right. doesn't matter no, no. because men are dumb. Right. But women are smarter. And when you lie to them, you have to be more subtle about it. You have to turn it back on them. That's how it's effective. Linda, you think I'm cheating on you? Well, that hurts, Linda. That really hurts. And I think that's your insecurity talking. <sighs> exactly. Exactly. That's a, it's a guide to how to lie. It's a guide that I use all the time. It has nothing whatsoever to do with being anti-gay. It's like a self-help book. The whole, the whole Bible is, the, is a self-help book. I mean, there's so much in there about self-improvement and or killing others. Yeah, how to be. They're often the same thing. Yeah. You know, self-improve. It's, not, it's not much different. Who did this translation? Who do we have to blame for this m- mistake? I, I mean, is it a, it's a it mistake? Was the, it was the people at Rosetta Stone. Oh. Not not the current company, the actual Rosetta Stone back from BC in, in Egypt. <sighs> the group of people that did that translation of the Rosetta Stone, they were good at Egyptian. They were mm-hmm. good at Greek. They were good at Latin. My understanding is they were excellent at Portuguese, but they were terrible at Hebrew. And I know they didn't mean to cause this kind of terrible chaos millennia down the road. Yeah. But that simple thing, it's lie to and not lie with, and that has caused just untold suffering of homosexuals, lesbians over thousands of years. And ultimately, because I'm God, in a sense, I'm responsible. So oh, don't I, please, please, please don't be so hard on yourself. I'm a big god. I can handle it. It's okay. I'm not. I'm I hate not, when you beat yourself up like that. Thank you, Joan. I appreciate that. But I'm, I'm okay. Um, All right. But again, just to reiterate, here's the takeaway. Straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, you are all 
equally obnoxious and unnecessary in my sight. Hmm. And that was Bible study. Stick around. When we come back, Stephen Colbert will be in the studio. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. today is a zero-time Tony Award-winning comedian and actor, best known as the man who, in 2015, became host of The Late Show Without Stephen Colbert, whose name he immediately changed. Please welcome Stephen Colbert. Hey, Stephen. It's an honor to be here. I'm a, a longtime fan, first-time caller. Thank you. I'm a, it's great to see you, Stephen. Uh, I mean, I always see you, obviously. I'm always seeing everybody at all times, uh, but sure. uh, it's nice to have you up, up here bodily in the sacred studios Gosh, I go way back with you. Do you re- I, I, I don't, you might not remember this. Do you remember the first time we actually met? Uh, can you give me a? I, I'm sure I do. Can you can give me a, a, a refresher. Here's a hint: you were in another human being. Oh, okay. All right. So this is. The, it was the womb. It was the womb. Oh, it was the womb. All oh, right, right. And you were there. Yeah, I was there. I was there quickening you. I just, you know, blowing the oh, breath of life into yeah. you and saying hi and. Uh, you know, I've been with you ever since. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's ringing a bell. What were you? Do you remember what you were wearing? And maybe that might trigger. Well, I was wearing. I wear the same outfit whenever I go in a womb. I wear like the white robes, and I just make sure they're sort of sanitized. Okay. Sort good. Of yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, it's great. And oh, sorry. I'm looking at Jesus. Jesus is here. He's waving hello as well. He's a. He's also a fan of yours. Oh well, man. What an honor. Um, the feelings mutual. I I'm a huge fan of his. I'm I've, I've read his stuff and super super influential. He's asking he's asking because he says you used to have the Nicene Creed memorized by heart. He's asking if you still have that Nicene Creed memorized by heart. Um, okay, uh, I think so. That's your a little bit. How about just the, the first the first paragraph? Uh, well, that's the shortest one. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things seen and unseen. I believe Jesus Christ is his only Son. Uh, I believe in, in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, life from life, true God from true God, God not made, one of being of the Father, through whom all things were made. For us men, for our salvation, we came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, became man. For our sake, he was crucified and punched Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. And the third day he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures and ascended to heaven. And he seated at the right hand of the Father and will come in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of the life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He is spoken to the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. That is a nice in creed. Very well done. I got a bone to pick. I don't know if you have anything to do with this being you know who you are and you know right and sure 
but the Catholic Church has changed some of it. And I mean, the, the creed has been controversial for a long time. First of all, now instead of saying one in being with the Father, they say consubstantial, as I said. I asked Cardinal Egan, I said, what, is, what does consubstantial mean? He says, one in being. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand why they had to make it all, you know, 25 cent words. Well, the, here's the thing. Like, it's, we, we can't use Latin anymore. So that's okay. used to really impress people. So now all we can do is use big English words to impress people. Let's move on to your career. I have so many questions for you. Oh, wow. Uh, as, as you pursued your career in comedy yeah. and you worked to achieve success in the comedy field, but you have achieved that success, mm-hmm. how were you able to overcome not being Jewish? Um, I, I've, ad- I've adopted certain Yiddish words. You know, that helps. Such as? Uh, I like uh, uh, Tsuras. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the whole Megillah. Right. Which isn't really Yiddish, but uh, right. it's uh, it's Judaic. Um, uh, Chazarai, I like. That's a good one. These are good. And I, and I have one. I you would tell me is this a is this a Yiddish word or is this a made up word that sounds Yiddish? Which is I just did it for schnicks. Is schnicks a Yiddish word? Schnicks is a made up word meant to sound Yiddish, but Yiddish itself is a made up language meant to sound German. So it's really fine. Full circle. Yeah, it's full circle. Your character. On the Colbert Report, I always wondered this. When you were on the Colbert Report, how Hold would on. you describe? Let me cast my mind back. Yes. Okay, I'm there. I don't know how many levels of air quotes it's around that where you were quote quote Stephen Colbert quote quote on that show. Yes. What were that character's religious views? How how how, how would you say he, he felt about God? He was just a little to the right of Opus Dei. Okay. <laughs> he thought Opus Dei had sold out by occasionally speaking in English. Right. You know, by going to a mass in English. Um, how do you feel about God? Um, he understood. He got why God liked him. He could see that. Yeah. And um, he, you know, he thought God should have his role. You know, God should have his role and his say in how the wheels of the universe turned. I mean, he wasn't there when God laid the foundations of the universe, the cornerstone of of the world. But that being said, he had a few notes on last night's sunset. You know, a little more red here, a little less yellow at the horizon. It should basically, you know, start red, go up toward the yellows. I don't. He didn't like. He he liked to go Roy G. Biv in his sunsets, and he gave. He had a few notes for gods in his nightly prayers. Yeah, that's why I didn't have him there at the time. I I don't like being second guessed. Yeah, well, even for even first guessing is annoying to me. I I just I don't care for the guessing. Um, again, you're a, a an observant person, and most people in comedy are really not religious. Well, um, I'm a Catholic. We're not observant. Jews are observant. Catholics are devout. Right. Okay. And explain the difference. I don't know, but no one ever says observant Catholic. That's true. You say devout Catholic, you say observant Jew. It's your, it's, it's your, it's, it's, it's your game, not mine. I'll tell you something else. No one ever says culturally Catholic. I'm a cultural Catholic. No, the only say that with Jew. You say I'm a cultural Jew. That's not true. People say cultural Catholic. People say cultural Catholic. Usually the people say, I was raised Catholic. They go, I'm still culturally Catholic. And, uh, you know, when people say to me, like, yeah, I was I was raised Catholic like you. And I go, no, you weren't raised Catholic like me. You were raised Catholic like somebody who no longer wants to be Catholic. I was raised Catholic like somebody <laughs> who decides to continue to be Catholic. Yes. And you teach CCD on, on Sundays, every Sunday, correct? I did. I did. I did it for a few years because I'm married to, and I hope you're cool with this, a Presbyterian. It is what it is. Yeah, sure. And uh, 
my wife was wondering, what do they teach in Sunday school at, at Catholic school? I know what they teach at Presbyterian school. And I said, I don't know what they teach these days. Why don't I go teach it? So that's why. So I, so I would actually know what was being taught in there. And what was taught there? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. About Jesus. Yeah. Now is Jesus against Presbyterianism? Is that a, is he? No, turns out, you know, I think I've mentioned I was raised Catholic. Yes. And you get a sense that perhaps he is against Presbyterianism when you're raised Catholic. Turns out he he loves everybody. He's that's not just PR. He actually loves everybody. So you share along the same radical Marxist leftist agenda that Jesus had. Is that fair to say? Um I'm really closer to Cesar Chavez. Uh-huh. But he and Jesus mostly agree. Yeah, that yeah, they're 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 pretty similar. Yep. Jesus didn't pick as many grapes, as far as I know. No, but did pick grain on the Sabbath. Yeah. That's one of the big problems. That is actually in the New Testament when it says, and this is this is the point at which they decided to stop him. I, I'm looking at him right now, Jesus in the booth. He's, he's blushing about this. He knows you're right. He's really... He broke the rule of the Sabbath. Yeah. And that's and that's and that's why the, the the scribes and the Pharisees said, "Okay, he's got to go." Yeah, no, he 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 feels bad about that. That's probably his biggest regret about his time on Earth. But it happens. He should he should he shouldn't. All is forgiven. He should forgive himself. It's been an eventful week for you for the country of America, and I wanted to yeah. ask you: over the last four years of this Trump administration, were there mm-hmm. ever times hosting the show when you thought to yourself? I wish I could stop having to devote so much time every day to being funny and just get back to the political activism, which is why you took this job to begin with. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I thought, oh, why? Why don't I just actually march in the streets? Right. That's that's really because I worked I worked at Political Activism Central for many years. That's a great network. Yeah. And uh, that was really where my heart heart lies. You know, I. The jokes are just the, you know, the sugar solution I use to force my political agenda down people's throat. And if I could just stop pretending that I care about anything other than radical reconstruction of America's political landscape, I just I just be a happier guy. Because your background was actually an improv political activism back at the Second City in, in Chicago, I know. Right. Yeah. Because Second City was started as an attempt to overthrow first cities because it had the grievance of being the uh, underclass city. And um, that's where I was trained actually in street fighting, because, you know, in the 1968 Chicago riots, very people know this, but that was that was led by uh, Alan Arkin and uh, Ed Asner and Mina Kolb. Really? And uh, were they part of the Chicago eight? Like those? I didn't realize that. Yeah, but it was 11. It was 11 at the time. Oh, it was 11. I see. They got they they got cut after the callbacks. So there's a lot of like violent. Yes. Anding out of the streets of Chicago. Sure. Yeah, I no, I get it. I get it. That, that that makes total sense. You know what Abby Hoffman said? Abby Hoffman said, you're not supposed to yell fire in a crowded theater where we're, we're just yelling, could we have a suggestion in a crowded fire? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and look at him now. He's being played by Sasha Baron Cohen. He's being played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Very well. Really enjoyed that movie. Loved, uh, loved the work of Aaron Sorkin. He knows how to write dialogue. Quick question for you. Uh, and this is a bit of a bone to pick. Uh, you're, a, as we've discussed over and over again in this conversation already, you're a devout Catholic. You're a believer. Observant. I go for, I like observant. Okay. Catholic. You're an observant Catholic. And uh, I am the Lord of the universe, 
But you are obsessed with Lord of the Rings, which is as heathen and pagan a novel. What are you talking about? It, are you saying Lord of the Rings is not heathen and pagan? It's not heathen and pagan. What, what's your evidence? Oh, 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 he who laid the foundations of the rainbow. Well, it seems to have Nordic, Northern European overtones. You know what else has? You know what has Northern European overtones? Christmas. That's got Northern European overtones. I'm not a huge fan of Christmas myself. The, the kid, my the boy is. I, I myself. Well, it's for kids. Christmas is really for kids. Yeah, Christmas really is. It, it's for kids. I, I'm not. I I don't like the holidays so much. I don't like. I don't like the observances. I don't like Easter. They're all about, you know, Jesus came to Earth, which means he had specific days and times that he that are big for him, like his birthday and wow. the day he died and such. Like I'm timeless. I'm eternal. I don't have like the days. That's right. There are no God the Father holidays. No, there are no God the Father holidays. That's that's. Kind of my whole thing, and don't. And by the way, he's not here right now. But uh, the Holy Spirit also no holidays for him. Well, he does have Pentecost, but that's yeah. kind of lame. No one's well, writing help about Pentecost. Sure. What was the question? Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Well, Tolkien was actually a devout Catholic. I'm not a devout Catholic. I'm a Catholic. I am the first to say I uh, am not great at it but I don't want to leave the club. I really, I get a lot out of it. But Tolkien is actually devout. He actually said that he did not include in the Lord of the Rings itself, any religion at all. There's no religion mentioned at all in the Lord of the Rings because he didn't want anything that was in conflict with his Catholic faith. And he believed that there were lessons within the Lord of the Rings or rather that not lessons, but the story itself had applicability to religious life, but no analogy within or allegory within religious life. Um, in fact, do you know what day, my friend? Do you know? Can I call you my friend? Sure. Absolutely. Or, you know, God also works, but my friend, sure. yeah, I like it. Yeah, I guess God is better. We don't say our our friend who art in heaven. We say our father. No, but you know what? I, I hear it as friend, but you're right. You're right. You don't say that. Okay, good. Um, the Fellowship of the Ring when they actually leave Rivendell, what day in the calendar do they actually leave Rivendell? <laughs> you, of course, know. I, of course, know. And again, I'm He's going written to- it on a piece of paper and he's holding it up. It's December 25th. They leave on Christmas Day because what are they going to do? They are proceeding to try to rid evil from the world. What day does the Dark Tower fall? March 25th, which is at one and the same time the Feast of the Annunciation, which is when Mary receives the Holy Spirit and is w- with child, with Jesus. And so it's the incarnation of the Christ. And it's also in the old medieval calendar was the day of the crucifixion. So they leave to destroy the ring on Christmas. The ring is destroyed at the crucifixion, which is three months later. And what is nine months after that? Uh, uh... Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. So it's also the Day of the Annunciation. So it's actually the actual story of the Lord of the Rings within those three books is actually based upon the liturgical calendar. So I accept your apology on behalf of the professor. It's a great book. It's a wonderful book. I'm just saying, if you read like the Old Testament, they're like sacrificing goats to me. They're, they're talking about me constantly. And I, I like that. That's why I like to be prayed to and mentioned a lot because I like, I need that. I need that reinforcement. You know what you might enjoy then? You might enjoy the Silmarillion. 
because you appear in it multiple times uh, by a different name. Eru Luvatar, the one. Eru Luvatar, okay. Eru. Who the elves call Iluvatar. Exactly, yeah. I will, I will in that book, you make the world by propounding a musical theme to the angels, who are called the Valar in this case, or the Ainu, the Ainur, and they sing the world into existence. I will look that. Is that on Amazon? Yeah, I think I, it's that's part of that's actually literally going to be on Amazon. That's going to be the Amazon TV series is a chapter of the Silmarillion called Akalabeth which is about the fall of Numenor, which is kind of based on the Atlantis myth. Look, Stephen, I think you're just a terrific person, a terrific friend, a father, husband, citizen, human being. And I'm, you're the kind of creation that I'm proud of because most of my creations are, are schmucks, quite honestly, and not just people. I have some notes, but go ahead. I mean, animals, you know, plants, mostly are schmucks. Mushrooms are mostly just every mushroom is a putz, basically, at the end of the day. So I've had some questions lately, kind of an existential almost uh, crisis yeah. and questions that I know the answers to because I know everything. But I, I kind of want to hear your your take on them because I think I could use your advice and your wisdom if I may. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you let you do what you do. Okay. First question, Stephen, is there a me? I think you are. You think so? I think you are. Yeah, I'm not confident that I know what you are because you surpasseth all understanding. Uh -huh. Like why there's a th on the back of a lot of the words about you. But you, you, I think you are. I don't think you can be known. I think you can only be experienced. Uh huh. And then the effect on us is, is the knowledge that you are there. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I have I have a I have a I have a joke about you that deals with this. Would you like to hear it? Sure. It's one of the first jokes I ever I ever wrote. And I'm by wrote I mean like just sort of made up like guy walks into a bar kind of jokes, which I don't generally write. The first one I ever wrote was about the fall of the Roman Empire. But the second joke I ever wrote was about you, and it goes like this guy commits suicide an atheist. An atheist commits suicide and goes to heaven. And God meets him at the pearly gates. And the guy is shocked. And God says, why do you look so surprised? And he goes, well, I I'm an atheist. And God says, yeah, 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 but people make too much of that. You're a pretty good guy. Come on in. He goes, but wait a second, but I, I, I killed myself too. I thought that was a sin. I don't, can't believe I'm, I'm going to heaven. And God says, I'll tell you what, look, everybody thinks about it. It's perfectly natural, you know, uh, even I've thought about killing myself. Mm. And the guy says, do you mind if I ask why you didn't go through with it? And God says, what if this is all there is? <laughs> that's, uh, that's beyond funny. That's, that's true. It's beyond funny to not funny again. Yeah, no, it's, it's too true to be funny. I think about that all the time. You know, what if this is all there is? It's amazing. That's why I, I'm counting on you for wisdom, because you seem to instinctively know these things about me. Mm -hmm. You just gave me the response every comedian wants. If I could get an entire room of people after I tell a joke to say, that's beyond funny. That's true. 
I mean, that's Miami real. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. God, I've noticed, and, I, and people can't see this at home. I noticed you've got a few Emmys yourself. Can I ask what those are for? Oh, the Emmys? Yeah. Uh, I did. I used to, back in the 60s, I did this. They're, they're actually, uh, they're like daytime Emmys. The Dinah Shore show? I did a lot of lighting work for Dinah Shore. I did a lot of her effects when there would be lights coming up from above and they would shine down. I did that. So I ha- I won three Emmys uh, for that. I sent Jesus to pick them up, except for the last time I sent uh, Seicheen Littlefeather, who was a Native American woman, to pick them up in protest of the treatment of Native Americans. But I understand. Because ultimately, the, the, the awards mean nothing. You know what I mean? No, ultimately, the awards are very meaningful. Ultimately, I do most of what I do for awards. I have a couple of Oscars, too, as God. I have oh, wow. I have a, a Nobel Prize in physics. I have a, a Fields Mathematics Prize. I have a number of these things. Mm-hmm. And that's what really- What did you win the Nobel Prize in physics for? Is that for for physics? Yeah, exactly. For exactly. I was the first one. It was for inventing physics, for inventing the idea of there being matter that could move. Causality. Yeah. Causality, you know, space time. That was it. I, I won. I, I, I thought I deserved a couple, honestly, sure. but I guess got yeah. the one. But that's that's fine. A couple more questions I want to ask you, because you really kind of gave me some solace or at least uh, a feeling for catharsis with that first answer. I want to ask you a second question. And I, I'm really asking you this because I don't know. Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. If I, if I really want to think about why bad things happen to good people, that's the wrong framing. Is that there aren't good things or bad things. There are only things. And there are people. And the only goodness is or badness is based upon how we treat each other because all the other events themselves are agnostic. It's only how we treat each other that can be good or bad. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Are you okay? Am I okay? I'm... Wonderful. You just, that's incredible. I never thought of it that way. Either I never thought of it that way, or I always thought of it that way, but there were always too many other thoughts also being thought at the same time for me to see that one thought. Sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, listen, that's, that's why you get the late show. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff that they were looking for. Yeah, I can. I of course, no wonder, no wonder people like George Clooney appear on the show. I mean, that that's amazing. It's amazing. Not that often, though. Not as often as I would like. He did. He did Kimmel nine times in the time it took him to do twice, my show twice. And I'm, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. He knows. George knows this. I'm not saying anything he doesn't know. I can. I can. Do you want me to intervene in that? I don't usually intervene in late night wars or scheduling. You don't smite. But- don't smite it. Don't smite anybody. Okay. 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 I, I, I wouldn't smite anybody, but um, okay. One, one other question that again, I, I don't know the answer to really, although I have some thoughts. What is the meaning of life? Hmm. Well, what is meaning? Meaning is, is the mean of a string of numbers is not the average. It's the tendency of those numbers. And so the meaning of life is how does life tend a life tends toward it. It tends toward a series of growths and decays, 
And so our, our, our ability is, is to make the most of our growth and make the best of the decay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just give me a second. You okay? Steven, Steven, Steven. I just, uh, I can't tell you. What was that? What was that thing coming off of you just then? There was like a, like a nimbus around you just now. I think a few of the seraphim are chopping onions. That That's all. That's all. Okay. Just a few seraphim chopping onions. Can I ask you a question about the angels since I got you here? Sure. How come our depictions of angels in like from medieval art, even even modern iterations of that medieval art is like really beautiful people with like wings and gentle faces. But in the actual Bible, angel describers like wheels with eyes on them or just collections of like wings with with eyeballs in the middle. They're terrifying in the Old Testament. Like angels, angels are otherworldly and inhuman. And and but now we just see them all as just very like super almost sexy messengers. You know what it was? It was a it was a decision midway through to change genres. It went from sci-fi to kitty lit. And that's kind of what that's what you're seeing. And that's I understand. And that's a completely understandable dichotomy because you're right. It seems YA novels YA novels are the only thing that sell anymore. They're huge. Yeah. They're huge. Steve, I know you have to go in a minute. Before you go, I have to reward you for everything that you've done for everybody in this world and for me just now. I'm going to make you a saint. I'm going to make you a saint right now. Whoa. Wow. We're going through the ceremony. You're not going to have to wait until posthumous. This isn't necessary. I would have done this for free. I just It's not um, necessary. I want to. I want to. Okay, here's the heavenly robes. I'm going to put them on you right now. There you go. These fit like a charm. Man. They're, they're bespoke. That is That is abs- that's amazing. Thank you. There they're, are no they're, pockets. They're, yeah. there are no pockets in this. I don't know where to keep my change. I don't know. So we don't I'll throw a shoulder bag on. Yeah, cuz they're more for use in heaven where there's no need for change because everything is it's cashless. I understand. In heaven. Mhm. Do you wear underwear in heaven? Only the Mormons. Only the Mormons wear underwear in heaven. Because, you know, if I'm you know, free ball in this uh, underneath the robe. Mm. That's eternal upskirt because I'm literally, I'm literally in the cloud. It's it's not like that in heaven. If you got there, you'd understand. We don't we don't think that way. We don't act that way. It's kind of, we're kind of literally and figuratively above that. Is there sex? Is there sex in heaven? I, you know, I don't like getting into a lot of spoilers about these things. Uh, short answer, no. Long answer, oh God, yes. But it, but it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things. But before you go, I uh, we have, I have to swear you in to be a saint. So please uh, right. raise your right hand. Repeat after me. I Stephen Colbert. I Stephen Colbert. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of sainthood. That I will faithfully execute the office of sainthood. And do hereby permit myself. And do hereby permit myself to become the eponym to become the eponym of a California city of a California city, Caribbean Island, Caribbean Island, or small liberal arts college or small liberal arts college. So bring it on, God. So bring it on you. There's the music. Very nice. Oh, my God. I feel great. Yeah, it's good. You're you're now uh, a saint, and people will now worship you and adore you. And uh, the good thing also is you're going to find yourself uh, reproducing stained glass, which is really a fun fun oh. look for you. Yeah, it's very slenderizing. <laughs> <laughs>
It's very, it's very slenderizing and luminescent. You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll have never looked more iridescent than you will in stained glass. Well, this has been extraordinary. I am so excited. I guess I should mention that your show, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, is on every weeknight on 1135 on CBS. Monday through Thursday. Not, Monday. not every weeknight. So you take the Shabbos night off. You take, take Shabbos off. 100%. Yeah. Good. That's good. I guess there'd be no one else working anyway. Stephen Colbert, thank you so much for coming. It's a real pleasure. And I hope I remember having done this so I no longer have to have faith, but can just actually hold on to this proof of your existence. Well, when you wake up from the dream you're currently having, I will try to make sure a glimmer of a memory remains in your cerebellum. If I reach into my bathrobe tomorrow morning, will there be a little jingle bell from your sleigh that if I have faith, I can still hear? I think I can do that. Let me just check with inventory, but I think we can do that for you. Yes. All right. Um, it's hard to hang up. No, it, it, it you is. You can edit this part out. You can just edit this part out where it's hard for us to hang up. Every week, I answer one prayer. This is Prayer of the Week. Prayer of the Week! Joan, mm-hmm. I sit here ready to bestow upon one lucky mortal the boon of an answered prayer. Bear in mind, the answer may be nuh uh. Okay. Well, we have a prayer today. It comes from at the 88 pandas on Twitter. And that's a great name. The 88 pandas is actually about right. There are about 88 pandas now left in the wild. So nice guess. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, at the 88 pandas says, please, Lord, please take care of my cat, Willard. He is the best. Uh... I get so many prayers on behalf of people's cats, and literally more than half of them end with, he or she is the best. Mm. That's only true for cats, by the way. For dogs, all they say is, please pray for so-and-so. He or she is a good dog. That's the difference. With dogs, dogs are happy just being good. Like, they're just good, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Cats have to be the friggin' best, according to their owners, and according to themselves, too. I know a little bit about Cat psychology. Cats are, cats are, cats always, they're smart. Like they're too smart. And they give off this vibe like they can see into your soul and know all your secrets. It's like they're omniscient. Hmm. I don't like that. You know, and they're stubborn and they're arbitrary and they don't obey you and they have their own agenda and they're, they walk around like they're the ruler of the whole world. Hmm. And I hate that. I, I really, I really hate that. Yeah. Uh, there are some cats I like. Oh. I appreciate the affection being manifested, but there's only one cat who is the best, and that is Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat is the best. He's up here. He's up here in heaven right now. I'm looking at him. He's surrounded by all the cat food he could want for the next thousand years, a bunch of beautiful female cats around him, and he still looks so fucking grumpy, Joan. It's, mm. it, it's great. Aww. Before him, I liked Keyboard Cat. I thought Keyboard Cat was probably the best cat. Oh. But I brought him up here, and then it turns out, unless I help him, he his repertoire on the keyboard is limited to just a few pieces by Bach and then one of Billy Joel's, I think, I think the Glass Houses LP. Oh. And that's it. Huh. Uh, that, yeah, so he's actually not as great as I thought it was going to be. But Grumpy Cat was and remains the all-time best cat. Willard is fine. Willard is decent. Willard's a fine cat. Okay, the 88 Pandas, you have my divine word that your cat, Willard, will be taken care of for the next 
seven days. Nothing will befall him in the next seven. What's today, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Nothing will befall him in the next six days. He will be absolutely devoid of any kind of accident or any kind of injury for the next 144 hours. There is nothing to worry about. Set your mind at ease at the 88 Pandas. He is safe for six days from this moment, Eastern Standard Time. Your prayer has been answered. Just in the future, Joan, I, I, this, I'd like to be the last prayer on behalf of a cat for a while. Oh, okay. If you don't I'm mind. I'm just going to make a note. No. Yeah, I, I just I get I get a lot of them. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, less. No, I, 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 I totally get it. I, I totally get it. All right, I think I, uh, that's it. That's, Are we done? Yeah, that's I don't great. want to answer any more prayers. Okay, just, uh, I, that do, wraps, I, I do one a week, and that's it. Yeah, that wraps up our Hold on. prayer oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Joan. Yeah. I just uh, five days. Five. Okay. I, the cat will not be run over by a four wheel vehicle for the next. Five days. Okay, well, good luck out there, Willard, and thank you for your prayers. Prayer of the week! If you'd like me to answer your prayer, don't go to church. That's for morons. Instead, go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review, and in the review, submit your prayer. And, if applicable, your Twitter handle. Please note, I will only answer prayers that are within a five-star review. Four or less, you can go fuck yourselves. Well... That's all for the show today. What a fine show we had. Stephen Colbert, amazing as always. Uh, I'm sorry, Jesus uh, Jesus is telling me to, uh, okay, doing a plug for Jesus. He will be appearing on a pancake at the IHOP in Jackson, Mississippi, this Thursday at 10.30 a.m., so look for him on that pancake. As always, thank you to Joan of Arc, my lovely and talented co-host. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, God. Uh, I'm sorry to ask, but... uh Permanently, but if you could just put out these flames on on, on my face. <laughs> no. If you haven't already, subscribe to Godcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week. Godcast is a Forever Dog production. Audio production and engineering by Left Handed Radio. Executive produced by Alex Ramsey, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and David Jabberbaum. Original music by Gabe Lopez. Joan of Arc appears courtesy of Tara Sands. For more original podcasts, visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For ad-free episodes and exclusive bonus content from this show and others, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And if you haven't already, remember to follow God on Twitter at the Tweet of God. That's me! Forever! Yeah.